welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the room? Awesome. Good. Well, before I get started and jump in, I just want to take a moment to honor and to appreciate our lead pastors, Pastor Rob and Pastor Becca Ketterling. They are the most amazing pastors. They not only lead you, but they lead us as well. And I'm so thankful and grateful to be able to stand on the platform and for them to give this opportunity to me. And I also want to honor Pastor Kirk and Pastor Kaylee, our campus pastors. Can we give them a round of applause? They are amazing pastors. They steward the Apple Valley campus so well, and they steward us staff well as well. So I'm so thankful for you and your wife, Kaylee. You guys are the best. Okay, so for those of you who don't know me that well, my name is Pastor Lindsay Freetag, and I am one of the Go Kids pastors at the Apple Valley campus. We have two other amazing kids pastors, Pastor Tassan and Pastor Kathy, but I am one of them. And it is an honor to get to serve and work with your children every single week here at Apple Valley. And I truly do believe they are the next generation of leaders. They're the leaders of our church. They're the leaders of the world. And it's a privilege to get to help develop their faith alongside of their parents. And so it's a teamwork. We're doing it together. And I love that about Go kids. Um, A little bit more about me. I grew up and I live in Lakeville. So I went to Oak Hills Elementary. I went to Century Middle School. I went to Lakeville North High School. And I have four other siblings. I have three older than me, one younger than me, and they all live in the area as well. So it's one big happy family. Actually, the girl you saw standing up here, Kelsey, is my sister-in-law. So my brother and her attend this campus. My sister's the Go Kids pastor at Shockby campus. So we're all just doing our thing in the Lakeville area. So it's a blast. This year for Christmas, we had a new addition to our family. We have a brand new baby nephew, and he is the cutest. So it was his first Christmas, and so we got to watch him rip open all his presents, and we got to spoil him a little bit this year. But enough about me. How was your guys' Christmas? Was it awesome? Yes. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Okay, I'm used to preaching to kids, and so it's more of like an interactive thing. So I'm going to need you guys to interact with me a little bit, okay? It's usually like a response with the kids. Um, But you guys wrapped a bunch of presents. probably took you a long time to wrap presents for them to rip them open in like 0.3 seconds, right? It's worth all the effort to see the smiles on their faces after they got the gifts that they wanted. Now, I don't know if this is just you guys or if it's just me, but when I like give a gift, I feel like I have to sell it after I've given the gift, right? So you like give them this mug that they've wanted and they're already like genuinely excited about it, but then you feel like you have to tell them why it was the best gift they've ever received, right? So you're like, it stays warm for 12 hours and it stays cold for 12 hours and I know that you don't drink your coffee for like five hours and so this is why I got you the best gift out of anybody else. Does anybody else do that in the room? Yes, okay, it's not just me. Good, okay, that was just for myself, actually. So we've been talking about joy over the last couple of weeks, and Pastor Kirk talked about how 
Jesus is the joy bringer. He used um, John 15, 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And so today we're gonna talk a little, about, little bit about how that joy not only overflows through the Christmas season, but it can overflow through our entire life and through the rest of the year. But before we do that, I'm gonna pray. Um, so let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Jesus, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to come to church, to be able to learn more about who you are and what you have for us. And so I just pray a blessing over this service and everybody in the room, in your name we pray, amen. So if you wanna open up to 2 Corinthians 11, Chapter 11, verses 23. We're gonna get there in a couple of minutes, but now this is where I need your response. Raise your hands if you've already taken down all of your Christmas decorations, like they're gone. They're not in your house up anymore. There are Christmas trees down. The ornaments are put away. Okay, honestly, not too many of you. Now raise your hand if you still have all of your Christmas decorations up. Let me see. Okay, a handful of uh, most of you. My mom is done. She has put away everything. <laughs> she is like a finisher. She is a go-getter. And so she was like, I'm taking it all down. Christmas is over. So the tree is put away in our house. All the ornaments, all the Christmas decorations are gone. It's back to normal. But the real question is, there's two type of Christmas decoration packers, okay? So I have pictures to help you figure out which one you are. Okay, the first one, they're gonna put it up on the screen. This is like the first type of Christmas packer, okay? So you're just kind of like, let's just throw it in a box, honestly, and put it in a closet. I'm over it, I want it to be packed away. I don't really care if it looks nice, I just want it to be in a closet, put away. Okay, that's the first type. You can see all the different Christmas things in that picture. The second type is this, <laughs> okay? You are like Mist or Mr. Organization. You need to know where everything is going. You have labels for everything. You apparently have your wreaths hung up. I've never seen that before, but maybe you do that. I don't know. But there's two types of Christmas packers. You're either the one who kind of just throws it in or the one who like makes sure everything is labeled and ready for next year. I'm not gonna make you tell me which one you are, but you know which one you are, okay? <laughs> you know which one you are. For me personally, I have to be the second one. I cannot let it be a little messy because it would bug me like all year round and I would be annoyed of my closet until next Christmas. And so I have to make sure it's organized. But the funny part is, whether you have already put your, away your decorations or you haven't, eventually everybody has to put them away. And along goes with the decoration our Christmas cheer and it goes back to our everyday life. And most people not only box up their Christmas decoration, but in the same box, they place their faith and they don't take it back out until next Christmas along with their decorations. And this is the faith trap that the enemy would love for us to fall into. Satan would love for us to think that our faith doesn't matter for the rest of the year. It only matters on Christmas. As long as you have something decorated, as long as you're prepared for Christmas, and maybe Easter, then you're good, right? Wrong. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> Christmas is an exciting day, but once it's over, it's hard for people to keep that same excitement and joy all year round. All of a sudden, all the Christmas cheer and all the fun things have faded and we're back to our everyday life. 
So we've talked about over the last couple of weeks how Christmas is more than just what the world makes it. It's the birth of our Savior. It's the birth of Jesus Christ. But that is just the beginning. It's one of the most historic moments that changed history for forever. It changes our life still to this day. And it's one of the most joy-filled moments in the Bible, as Pastor Kirk talked about on Christmas Eve. Um, but the birth of Jesus is just the beginning. And if we stop there, we miss the power of the cross. And so we can't stop there. We can't box up our faith after Christmas because we miss the rest of the story after that. And so the story fills our hearts with joy and all of a sudden, different, different life events start to happen, right? Um, all of a sudden, the joy is stolen. We find ourselves in this weird slump. The weather gets weird. Our kids get busy. They're involved in different activities. It's snowing. It's too cold to go outside. And we find ourselves in this self-pity state of negativity. Anybody else? Is that just me? Sometimes you get that seasonal depression. You're like, I just want to see some sunshine, right? Yeah. Well, Pastor Rob says it all the time, but if we are Christ followers, then we need to be the most joy-filled, the most excited, and the most excited positive people for life because we carry the joy of the Lord inside of us. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are the fruits that we should be carrying as Christ followers. And the first two of those are, what are they? Love and joy. That's right. The first two that they mention are love and joy. So those are the first fruits that we should be carrying as Christ followers. One of the greatest examples in the Bible of someone who lived their life filled with joy in the midst of hardship is somebody named Paul the Apostle. So if you don't know the story of Paul, I'll give you a little bit of a background. His original name was Saul, and he hated Christians, okay? He persecuted them, he was murdering them. His like sole purpose in life was to persecute the Christians. And then one day on the road to Damascus, God interrupted his life. And God had a moment with Saul. And he said to him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul had a radical moment with Jesus Christ, with God. And God shifted his perspective. And he completely 180'd his life. And was one of the greatest preachers and apostles in the Bible. And he changed his name to Paul. So now we know him as Paul. So we're actually going to jump into a little bit of his life. He writes about it in the Bible. If you're still open to 2 Corinthians 11:23, we're going to read a little bit of what Paul endured in his life. He writes, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, been faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. 
I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Now, if that's not enough to steal your joy, I don't know what is. Wow, that is quite the list of things that has happened to Paul so far in his life. And I'm sure that's just a snippet of it. And so Paul continues to write in Philippians. So he's in jail at this point, okay? So Paul's writing the book of Philippians. He's in jail. And Philippians 1, uh, verses 12 to 14 says, And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. We're going to jump down to verse 20 in Philippians 1. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. Ending with verse 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Now, Paul not only faced death multiple times, but lived a life I'm pretty sure that all of us can admit that we would never want to live, right? Yes. But he lived it with joy because he knew and he was focused on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. He knew that the things of this world, the trials that he faced, they didn't matter because they weren't for the benefit of himself, but they were for the benefit of others. Our life, just like Jesus' life and just like Paul's life, is not for the benefit of ourselves. It is for the benefit of others. So we are not called to walk in self-pity and self-negativity, but to carry the joy of the Lord with the good news to bring others into the kingdom of heaven. Am I right? Amen? Amen. So let's not lose sight of what really matters in life. As Paul told us, we are holders of the gospel. Another word for the Bible is gospel. And in Hebrew, the word gospel means good news. And so we are holders and carriers of the good news of Jesus Christ. And we carry it with us everywhere that we go. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Amen. When we let our circumstances control our emotions, the enemy wins. But when we let the good news, the gospel, control our joy... We walk in the strength of the Lord. I'm going to say it again. When we let our circumstances control our emotions, we can get negative, right? Our circumstances maybe not are always the best, but the enemy wins when they control it. But when we let the good news, the Bible, control our joy, we walk in the strength of the Lord. Now, I don't know how many of you attended our Christmas Eve services, but if you did attend our Christmas Eve services, you know that we, at the end, took um, candles when we lit them, we dimmed the light a little bit, 
and we sang some um, Christmas carols. We did real candles, but I didn't want to like burn my hand up here, so I just decided to go with the LED one. <laughs> um, but Pastor Kirk explained as we were holding the candles that the candle is representation that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and he brings light to the darkness. As Christ followers, we carry this same light within us. We carry the same joy. The good news and joy that we carry illuminates the darkness around us wherever we are. And when we allow our situations to let our light go dim, then the darkness starts to close in, right? Our light has no longer shined around those, for those around us, but our light has gone dim. And so growing up in church, um, there's three different songs that I remember singing that have to do with candles and shining your light for others to see, okay? So I'm gonna kind of go through them. It's like in different phases of your life, the songs get like more advanced. And so we're gonna start with the kids version of the song. If you know it, I'm not really a singer, so you have to sing it with me. <laughs> the first song, it goes like this. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Okay, now do you know the next part of it? Won't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Nice. Let it shine. You guys sound good. I didn't even need to do that. Okay, so that's like the first one you learn as a kid, right? Now, it's a kid song, but it's actually a really powerful message about holding your light. And it's not just a candle that you hold in church when we're singing carols, but it's a light that you carry with you wherever you walk. And you get to let it shine to the people around you. Okay, so then it gets a little bit more advanced and we're in like youth group now. And I don't know, I'm not gonna sing this one, I don't think, because I'm just really not a great singer. So I might just sing the, or say the words but it's the one that says, carry your candle. And it says, carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the helpless, confused and torn. Hold out your candle for all to see it. Take your candle and then go light your world. I can't, it's too low for me, I can't get there. Um, but it says, take your candle and go light your world. And the verses of that song are really powerful. I'm not gonna sing them for you, so your homework is to go home and to listen to the entire song, Go Light Your, or it's Light Your Candle is the title of the song, but the message is still the same. The candle is not for yourself, it's not to keep inside you, but your candle is for you to spread to those around you, it's to light other people's candles in your life, to spread the joy, to spread the light, and to spread the good news. The last one that we sang, I was a pastor's kid, so we sang a lot of songs. Um, it's a hymn, actually, and the hymn is called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And for me, this one is a little bit more of a sentimental one because when I walk through some harder times, this song just kind of brings me back to focus. And the words say, turn your eyes upon Jesus, 
and look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Now the situations and the circumstances and the things that you're facing in your life are not invalid, they matter. The things that you're walking through, whether it's with your family, maybe it's individually, maybe you're looking for a miracle that you've been praying for for a really long time, like Lulu was talking about earlier in the service, they matter and God sees them, but sometimes uh, we just need to pause and we need to focus on who the Lord is. And we need to not lose sight of our savior and the joy that he brings us. A lot of times we just need to re-up with the Lord and who he is. If you need to, sometimes I do this, you need to make a list of the things that bring you joy, okay? So simply just write it out. You could write it on a piece of paper, you could write it in your phone, and you can write out the things that bring you joy. It's just a reminder that what you're in right now, the life situations you're in right now, are not things that are gonna hold you down because the joy of the Lord is greater than that. It's a supernatural joy. And so when we write down the things that give us joy and bring us joy or the things that we're thankful for, it brings us back to a center of who God is and the things that he's given us. Another thing you could do, or you could write a mission statement. You could write something, a purpose statement for your life and say that every morning or write down a Bible verse that encourages you and repeat it as you wake up every single morning. Something that brings you joy, that reminds you that what's happening in your life is not for forever, but that there is a greater joy that we carry because we carry the light of the world inside of us. Some of you are wondering where your joy went. <laughs> All of a sudden, you realize that you haven't been spending time with the Lord. Are you doing your soap? Are you spending time with the Lord? How are we supposed to have the joy of the Lord if we aren't spending time with the one who provides it? Joy is not a seasonal emotion. It is an everlasting joy that should exude from us as we follow Christ. The good news was not just the news that Jesus Christ was born on that night. The good news is that Jesus Christ came to earth as a baby. He died on the cross. He lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins so that we can live in eternity with him for forever in heaven. And that is the good news. And if that isn't enough for you to walk around with your head lifted high and to carry the light with you, then I don't know what is. Because that's what energizes me in the morning. That's what wakes me up. And that's what keeps me going, is knowing that I carry something that can help light other people's flames inside of them. I carry the good news with me. And I cannot wait to share it with other people in my life. Do you feel the same way when you carry the joy of the Lord? Amen. So this year, let's not box up our faith and our joy in the same box with our Christmas decorations. It's too cliche, it's too simple. We are called to more than that. We are called to be life changers. We are called to carry the good news with us wherever we walk. And that good news also means that we carry joy inside of us wherever we go.